You are listening to Cornelia Church. Passion for God, compassion for people. Hello, Cornelia Church. Today we're going to continue our series called Wounded. We're talking about the bumps and bruises of life that we experience all of us. Uh, some of the wounds as we move through life are, are so small, we, we almost ignore them, and others are, are just devastating, right? We, we all experience different levels of rejection and betrayal and humiliation, and uh, our souls really are, are the, what receives these wounds. And we're not talking about the physical bumps and bruises, we're talking about those internal, invisible bumps and bruises that if we leave them untended, they can tend to fester and, and grow. And we have to be careful if uh, we will often repeat a script. Once we are wounded, we'll tend to wound others. But the good news is Jesus came to heal our wounds and to make us into wounded healers. But uh, the question we're facing is, will we have the courage to face our wounds? Now, two weeks ago when we began the series, we talked about the nature of of wounds, what, what wounds are, and uh, how it's important for us to recognize that we have them, right? And, and how when we're wounded, oftentimes uh, we are unwilling to take them uh, and deal with them. And we need to be willing to acknowledge and take our wounds to the only one that can actually heal them. Well, last week, Pastor Roger taught us about the ABCs of wound healing and helped us understand uh, how we can begin to cooperate with the Lord to receive our healing. And today I want to talk to you as we conclude this series about becoming a wounded healer. This is something that I really believe is all of our, each one of our callings. All those who follow Christ are called to be wounded healers. If you've missed any of the series so far, I, I want to encourage you, go back listen to those messages. I've got some resources there for you as well. We've placed them uh, at kchanford.com slash wounded. You'll find all, all the resources right there. Now, on that page, you'll find a link to the ACEs quiz or ACEs test. I, two weeks ago, I walked us all through the, that simple quiz uh, so that we could each get our ACEs score. And for some of you, if you recall, it was an eye-opener, right? The wounds that we receive in our childhood, uh, they often have direct impacts on our life today. Many times we don't even realize that what we're doing today is connected with something in the past. And, and we repeat, we tend to repeat these cycles of addiction or cycles of abuse or cycles of unhealthy relationships without even realizing that they are caused by something Oftentimes we have experienced the way that we've reacted to them. Scientific studies have actually shown that the more trauma, uh, the more wounds that we receive in our childhood, uh, that those things are actually directly connected uh, to things like heart disease and depression and addictive behaviors. There are so many uh, results of wounds that are left untended. Now, sometimes we pick up unhealthy behaviors as a way of coping or dealing uh, with the pain that we experience. Uh, and, and so we receive this wound and when we begin to, to, to try to escape from it uh, and we look towards methods that help us uh, help relieve the pain, right? And so maybe in your home, there was so much conflict, so much violence, so much sexual abuse that you couldn't stand the tension and, and maybe you escaped by, by getting high, right? Or, or maybe in your house, there wasn't conflict, that wasn't your issue. 
Uh, but in your family, uh, it was actually just the opposite. Everyone was so disconnected that you never felt loved, you never felt appreciated. And you found your escape uh, maybe in the arms of anyone really that would tell you that they loved you. Uh, or maybe your escape was food or video games or books or films. There's so many ways that uh, we learn to cope with uh, the wounds that we experience in, in life. The point is that those coping mechanisms, they don't heal you. Uh, they just help numb the pain. Uh, those unhealthy coping mechanisms have a way of following us for the rest of our lives. And instead of being healed, we just keep escaping, right? We just keep avoiding and we live at less than the level that God has for us. And we have to remember, Jesus says in John 10, 10, the thief comes only to kill, steal, and destroy. But I have come that they might have life and have it to the full. Now, don't you want the life that Jesus promised us? Uh, I know I do. That's how I want to live. But the truth is, is that is exactly the opposite of what the enemy wants for you. What, what he wants for your life is something totally different than what Jesus wants. Uh, think of it uh, in this way for a moment. Think of your wounds, the wounds that you receive in life as cuts, right? Some cuts are, are surface level and some are deep. The enemy's purpose is to cut you, it's to mark you, to put, a, to put a mark on you and to write on you a destiny. The enemy has a destiny for you. And with every wound, with every traumatic experience, with every broken relationship, with every abusive encounter, the, the enemy of your soul is seeking to cut his story into you, to cut his story into your soul. His story is always a story of loss, grief, abuse, and destruction. He wants to corrupt every healthy relationship that you have in your life. He wants to pollute and defile every clean thing. That's who he is, right? He is the thief. He comes to steal, kill, and destroy. And so he's doing everything that he can to, to engrave his story, his ugly story, on you. And don't ever forget, I want you to hear me now, the enemy's story, the thing that he wants you to believe and to live out in your life is nothing more than a lie, right? When Jesus speaks of Satan in John 8, 44, he says this, he was a murderer from the beginning, not holding to the truth, for there is no truth in him. When he lies, he speaks his native language, for he is a liar and a father, the father of lies. So Satan's wounds always come along with a set of lies that he's trying to get you to believe. If you've been cut by abuse in your life, then he has tried to lie to you and say to you that you deserve to be mistreated. Uh, if you've been rejected, he's, he's told you a lie that you deserve rejection, right? If you've been neglected or abandoned, he wants you to believe that you're worthless. If you've been betrayed, right? He wants you to believe that no one can ever be trusted Again, if you've been disappointed in life, he, he wants you to stop hoping. He wants you to believe that you'll simply be disappointed again. The more you believe those lies, we tend to do that, right? We, we are wounded and we receive the lie and we begin to believe it, we begin to live it out. The more you believe the enemy's lies, the more you will live out the twisted destiny that he is seeking to write onto your soul. Uh, this, this last year has been very difficult for many of us. 
a lot of people have received fresh wounds, right? Fresh cuts. Many are still bleeding even now. Uh, our trust, our hope, uh, even our faith has been wounded deeply. Whether your wounds are decades old or they're freshly received, it is so important, it's critical that you would know something about these cuts. It's something the enemy of your soul doesn't want you to know, right? He wants to, so desperately to keep you trapped in cycles of pain and hurt and lies. But there's another story that is written in your wounds. It's a story and a destiny that is far different from the destructive destiny the enemy wants to write on you. It's, it's a hidden destiny. It's, it's there. It's, it's a hidden purpose. It's a destiny that the enemy will do anything that he can to keep you from discovering. It's a secret that he will spend the rest of his life, the rest of his wicked days on this earth trying to conceal. Now here it is, and you might even write it down if you're taking notes. And this is the thing that you need to catch here. Your wounds are the key to your God-given destiny. The wounds that you have, the wounds that the enemy has put on you, they are actually the key to a destiny, to a story that God has. Now, right now, you might be thinking, Pastor, um, you've really lost it. Uh, do you have any idea what I have lived through? Right? You, you, I mean, Pastor, you can't even begin to imagine my childhood, the wounds that I've experienced, the things that I have gone through, the way that life has crushed me, the people that have betrayed me. Uh, you know, now you're going to try to tell me that was all part of God's marvelous plan for my life? Uh, what are you saying, Pastor? Are you saying that God wanted to, me to be wounded? And I would say to you, no, no, well, not exactly. But what I'm saying is this, and you probably should write this down too. God can take the enemy's worst and use it for his best. I'll tell you what, if you take that and write that on yourself, that's important. God can take the enemy's worst and use it for his best. The Genesis uh, chapter 50, verse 20, it's a famous verse that oftentimes we quote, we don't know where it comes from, but it simply says this, you intended to harm me but God intended it for good to accomplish what is now being done, the saving of many lives. Now, the man who, who made this statement is a man named Joseph. He knew something about wounds. His brothers hated him so much. He was the baby of the family. He was his dad's favorite, and they just hated the guy. So they planned to murder him. Uh, instead, one of the brothers had a little mercy on him, and they ended up selling him into slavery in another nation, another country. And while he was a slave, Joseph was falsely accused of rape, and he was thrown into prison where he rotted for years. In prison, he was lied to, and he was forgotten. At least that's what he thought. Now, if you or I were in Joseph's shoes, and that was our life story, those were the cuts that we had received from the enemy, uh, what would you say, right? Um, I don't know that I would say, as we read just a few moments ago, what Joseph said, right? That, that God somehow is in this, right? There is no way it would seem that the wounds that I've received, the abuse, the betrayal, being thrown into prison, the false accusations, somehow is, are going to lead to a God-given destiny. And yet that's exactly what Joseph says, right? Because on the other side of rejection, on the other side of slavery that he experienced on the other side of the false accusation and imprisonment, Joseph finds that there is a secret story that God had been writing on his life all along. 
it was a, a story that was under the story. Right? What, what we see with our natural eyes is what the enemy intended. The enemy intended to destroy Joseph, to humiliate him, to isolate him, and ultimately to crush him. But even as the enemy did his worst, he unknowingly planted the seeds of possibility. He thought he was marking Joseph for destruction. You know how you put an X on things that you're going to throw out. But those same marks God used for salvation, not only for Joseph, but for an entire nation. Now, now remember, I, I said just a moment ago, God can take the enemy's worst and use it for his best. Well, that word can is important, right? What's the difference between God can use and he actually will use the enemy's worst for God's best? Well, think of all the people who have experienced wounds similar to Joseph's, right? Who died without ever seeing God's great plan revealed, right? There's been a lot of people that have been thrown in prison, a lot of people that have been unjustly accused, a lot of people that have been uh, rejected by their family. So many stories of wounds that, that go untended, unhealed, and ultimately, it would seem, don't have any purpose. Well, I believe the difference. What's the difference between all of those, between Joseph's story? I believe the difference is, is found in that very same verse that we've been referencing, Genesis 50, 20. We're going to go back to it. I'll read it to you again. It says, you intended to harm me, but God intended it for good to accomplish what is now being done, the saving of many lives. It's right there. Did you see it? It's easy to miss when you're bleeding from your wounds, right? When you're angry and you're bitter at life, you're bitter at God himself for allowing it all to happen. You tend not to see the key in the midst of that phrase. That's, that's that simple two words, but God. You see, Joseph, he refused to believe that God was done with him even when all the signs around him seemed to indicate that exactly what was going on, right? He refused to believe the lies of the enemy offered to him with every cut of betrayal and injustice. And he, he decided that he was not going to live out the story that the enemy wanted to write on his life. Instead, he believed that there was someone who loved him. There was someone who was working things out for him. You see, he believed that God was writing a story underneath the story. It was God who was working on his behalf, even though it wasn't evident. He couldn't see it with his naked eyes. He believed that even though everything appeared to be hopeless, but God. And, and I believe this is where it all starts if you want to be a wounded healer. All of us, I think, are called to that calling. But it starts with a refusal to believe the lies of the enemy and a faith in the one who's able to take the enemy's worst and turn it on its head. Now listen, I, I don't know all the specifics of the wounds and the cuts that the enemy has uh, placed on your life. I know many of us carry things that are very deep and very difficult. I do know that God knows every single blow, every single cut that you have experienced and received. He didn't miss one. And I want to tell you today, I want to declare this to you today, that every time the enemy delivered a cut to your life, God planted a seed of possibility. He planted a seed right there alongside 
of divine destiny. For every blow that you received, that was a blow that Jesus received. Every lash of the whip that he received on his back, every pound of the nail in his hands and his feet, that crown of thorns that was crushed into his head, with all of those blows, he received and won the authority to write a new destiny for you and me. That destiny, our destiny, is to be wounded healers. So the let God mindset is critical for us to step into a new place where we move from being people who are wounded and broken and without hope for the future to people who believe and see that they can actually heal others. Why? Because they have walked through woundedness themselves. That's the but God mindset, right? The but God mindset is, is so important for us to embrace. And I just want to tell you, it's very difficult if you are caught up in pain, if you're caught up in a place where you're angry and bitter about what they did and what happened to you and how it's unjust and how it's unfair, how you didn't deserve it, and how, God, could you let this happen to me? If that's where you're stuck today, and I know many of us are, I just want to encourage you, it's time to let go of that. It's time to embrace a different kind of mindset. Let me tell you about the but God mindset. The but God mindset believes that God is working for my best, even when I don't see it, right? We talked about Joseph having that same kind of vision where all the natural circumstances seem to indicate destruction, and yet he believed that God was working on his behalf. This is what Romans 8.28 says. So we are convinced that every detail of our lives is continually woven together for good, for we have been called to fulfill his design purpose. Look at that verse. Look at that verse again. Let me just read it to you one more time. So we are convinced. Who are convinced? Well, we, are, we, need, we need to be convinced of this, right? If you know Christ, if you want to know God, this is what we need to focus on. We must be convinced that every detail of our lives is continually woven together for good. In other words, God is somehow designing a tapestry, a fabric. He's designing a beautiful image. He's weaving together the disparate parts of our lives that don't make sense. We can't see them like an artist who is painting a painting and we don't see the end. He sees it in his mind's eye and he begins to add the colors and he adds the dots. And as he does the brush strokes, it doesn't make sense, but it makes sense to him because he understands there's a purpose. There's a design behind what appears to be a mess, right? God knows the details of your life. He knows the cuts and, and the pain. And if we hold on to him, he's the only one that can ultimately redeem it all. So the but God mindset says, God, I know you're working. Secondly, the, the, the but God mindset receives healing for every wound. It believes that healing is available. It understands that the cuts that I've received, Jesus also took for me. Is what Isaiah 53 says in verse 5, but he was pierced. Speaking of Jesus, he was pierced for our rebellion, crushed for our sins. He was beaten so we could be whole. He was whipped so we could be healed. Every beating, every blow, every whip, every lash that Jesus received was with purpose. It was so that he could rewrite your destiny and mine. The truth is, is that Jesus has your healing. He has 
my healing. He can take every wound, every cut. He can take every place that the enemy has decided is going to destroy you, and he can turn it upside down because that's the business of Jesus. He's the one that came to do the great reversal. He's came to bring the upside-down kingdom, to turn over the tables and to say to the enemy and to say to you and me, whatever the enemy has decided to do, I've got a different plan, and I have the power and the authority to turn it upside down and to do something new. I can heal you and I can take you from a place of destruction to a place of salvation. The but God mentality understands there's healing for each and every one of us. The but God mentality also understands that weakness is the door to Christ's power. This is what 2 Corinthians 12, 9 says. But he said to me, now this is Paul speaking of what something that Jesus said to him, what the Lord said to him. But he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses so that Christ's power may rest on me. See, the secret to receiving Christ's power, the secret to receiving his wholeness inside of us is actually found in brokenness. It's found in weakness. It's found in yielding to the Lord. I, I remember, and you should always think of this example whenever you think of this idea of brokenness, and that is the image of Jesus sitting on the hillside, surrounded by the many thousands of people, and he takes the loaves, the few loaves and the few fishes, and he uh, prays over them, and then he breaks them. Just a couple of loaves, just a couple of fishes. But in his hands, he takes these limited resources, and because he breaks them, they are multiplied. He begins to pass them out to the left and to the right, and suddenly, as one passes to the next, they break off their piece, and it goes up. And before you know it, the entire crowd of more than 5,000 people are fed, and there's leftovers. Why? Because brokenness in Jesus' hands leads to multiplication. So when you finally come to an end of yourself, when you finally offer up your little bit, your loaves and fishes, then God can finally express himself. I think we probably need to stop saying, I got this. <laughs> and we need to start saying, you know what, I need help. Because until we have accepted the reality of where we are at, really being honest about our own wounds, about our brokenness, about our limitations, about our weaknesses, We'll never go to the next place that God has for us. So many of us don't want to receive brokenness as a gift. We don't even like to talk about it that way, about the gift of brokenness. And yet each of us have been handed a gift of brokenness. Each of us have been handed an opportunity to see the wounds and the pain and the, the limitations of our life, to see them as a gift from the Lord, to see them as an opportunity, as a doorway to receive His power in the midst of our weakness. But we tend to live in denial, don't you, about your brokenness? Uh, we might have had people even pointed out to us. It's so funny how other people can see your weaknesses. They're very obvious to everyone else, even if we've lied to ourselves about them. Some, maybe you've had somebody say to you, have you ever noticed, have you ever, ever noticed how you overreact way too much about things? How you rage about the smallest thing? Have you ever noticed how, how you just kind of disappear when things get difficult? 
Have you ever noticed how, how you tend to escape? You go into your thing when you get comfortable. I'm sorry, when you get uncomfortable. And we've had sometimes people say things like this to us, and, and we would rather not admit, even to ourselves, that we're broken. We don't like to admit that we don't know what to do. We've come to an end. And so we, we kind of live in a place of denial. We pushed off and say, nah, I'm not ready to face that. I just want to encourage you. It's time to admit that you're broken and yield to the master's hand. When we finally can do that, then we finally can, can move to, to the last, what I would call the last point in the God, but God mindset. And, and that's this, the but God mindset gives what has been received. See, that's the key to, to being a, a wounded healer. Your ministry, my ministry of being a wounded healer is an expression of the wounds that we have received. You can only give out of who you are. That's just how things work, right? You can, you, you can only give to others what is already inside of you. Who you are, what's inside of you is a result of what you've experienced and how you have reacted to it. When you choose the way of the cross and you refuse to live out the script the enemy has put on you, that means that you're going to do whatever it takes to receive the healing that God has for you. See, God has healing for you. God has restoration for you. God has something on the other side of the pains and wounds that you're experiencing. And when you're willing to now begin to embrace that, then what happens is you unlock a door that makes it possible for you to become a healer in the very area where you yourself have been healed. Think of the apostle Peter for a moment. Jesus' main man, right? He, Peter was a mess. He was always uh, saying and doing the wrong thing, right? I mean, he, his, his instincts were terrible. Uh, but Peter had a huge, things going, a huge thing going for him, right? Despite all of his character flaws, what he kept doing was that he kept running back to Jesus. He kept that but God mindset, no matter what was going on, no matter how bad he had messed up. And as a result of that, Peter's failures became his greatest areas of ministry. Luke uh, 22, verse 32, Jesus speaks to Peter. He speaks to him, and he actually prophesies to him about something that Peter had not yet done, a, a mistake that Peter was going to make, a wound, actually, that he was going to experience because he was going to wound himself. And this is what he says. He says, Peter, I pleaded in prayer for you that your faith, should not fail. So when you have repented and turned to me again, strengthen your brothers. And Jesus says, listen, Peter, um, I know what's going to happen. I know you're going to screw up. I know that you're going to experience a deep cut and the enemy's going to want to speak to you when you run because you're going to deny me. You're, you're, you're going to run away from me. You're going to, you're going to tell everyone that, that you don't even know me. And, and the enemy at that moment is going to begin to speak a lie to you and begin to talk to you about how you, you could never come back, how, how you could, you're unacceptable because you have denied the very Savior who offered everything to you, the Messiah that you pledged you would be faithful to and true to. You are going to end up turning back on him. And the enemy is going to say, don't, don't even believe that there's any chance of hope for you. But Jesus said, no, 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 I prayed for you that you're actually, you're going to turn around 
and there's going to be a strengthening that's going to happen because you've turned around, because you receive healing, because you reject the lie that the enemy has told you, and because you come back to me. I'm going to give you a new ministry of actually passing on that same strengthening, that same healing to your brothers. Peter knew all about messing up. And when he received forgiveness, he also received a ministry. There's a ministry for you and there's a ministry for me on the other side of our wounds, on the other side of our failures, on the other side of our pain, the other side of our hurt. There is a, a healing ministry for us because the things that you walk through, the brokenness that you experience and you receive grace and strengthening from the, from the Father, then you're able to turn to others and say, you know what, I know exactly what that's like. I know what it is to walk through a failure in marriage. I know what it is to walk through a failure with my kids in relationship. I know what it is to, to look at a broken situation that I have messed up, that someone else has messed up for me, and find in the midst of the injustice, in the midst of the impossibility, that God brings grace and he brings healing. And see, when you can do that with others, they find that you have an authority to speak into their lives. They find that you have the ability to give them the encouragement that they need, and you begin to lend to them your faith. I've got today a, a visual illustration for you. It's just, a, it's just a key, just a simple key. This is actually the key to my, to my office. And when you think about a key, uh, I think about all of the cuts that were required to make that key, right? Every key is unique for the lock that it opens. If you've ever gone to a locksmith or if you've ever gone to the hardware store, right, and you had to have a key duplicated, you've watched them perhaps put that key into the machine and, uh, and they put the, 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 the made key and they put the blank key and, and then they turn it on and it begins to grind and the sparks fly and the noise is made as those cuts in the metal are not easy cuts, they're, they're difficult. Uh, I can't imagine being the key being cut. And as those cuts are received, the key changes. It becomes useful and it becomes something that can open up a door, right? You can open up the door of my office, open up the door of your house. Think of your life as a, as a key, right? And there, there's a, a master locksmith that is seeking to make out of your life a useful tool, a useful key that you would be able to open doors of healing, open doors of ministry, open doors into other people's lives. But it requires you to receive the cuts. Oh, cuts are painful. Cuts are no fun at all. Imagine if the key were to receive the cuts and then to say, uh, um, it's too painful, I will never be used. Don't, don't bother putting me in the lock. I don't want to do the thing that I have been made for. My friends, you and I, in the hands of God, the master locksmith, if we receive his cuts, and there are cuts intended by the enemy for destruction. The enemy didn't realize that the cuts that he was putting on our life, oh, there was another plan. There was another purpose. There were cuts that the Lord were going to use for our benefit and for the benefit of others. That's the key to being a wounded healer is to allow his cuts to be placed, to receive them, and to recognize by faith, to recognize with the but God mentality that there is a purpose and there's a destiny. I love this verse, Psalm 16. 
uh, verse 5 and 6, says this, Lord, you alone are my portion and my cup. You make my lot secure. The boundary lines have fallen for me in pleasant places. Surely I have a delightful inheritance. When I read that, I think the boundary lines, I think of them as, as cuts. The boundary lines represent the limitations that we have in our life. They represent the places, right? The boundaries are, when you, that's yours. That's how far you go. That's your territory. I think about them as cuts on a key. And it represents the boundaries of who we are, the boundaries of our ministry. They represent limitation, represents brokenness, represents the wounds that we've walked through. But I tell you what, in God's hands, every single time, the boundary lines that he puts on our life, they fall in pleasant places. They fall in a place of beauty and ministry. They fall in a place of opportunity if we allow him to heal us. It doesn't matter what has happened in your life. It could be the most devastating thing ever. When we choose to take those things, those cuts to the Father, allow him to heal us. When we refuse to buy the lie of the enemy and we instead, instead say, Lord, you have a plan, you have a purpose. Here's my heart, here's my wounds, here's the places that I'm broken. I don't have the answers, I don't know why, but I choose to have a belief that says, you, God, are making something out of this mess. You, God, are, are building a, a, an incredible tapestry. You're painting a beautiful image. You're making a key. And I want you never to forget that the key that God has given you is going to unlock doors of ministry if you will only allow him to do it. Would you pray with me today? Lord Jesus, for every wound that we've received, you received a wound for us. For every cut that the enemy gave to us, you have planted a, a seed of, of destiny and a possibility. And I pray for my friends today that we would not live in brokenness. We would not live in woundedness, but we would instead run to you. Whatever is needed, Lord, I pray that we would have the courage to both see where we have been wounded and to take it to you. That we'd be willing to do what needs to be done so that those wounds can be healed and those cuts received and that would fall in pleasant places. I pray that you'd make my brothers and sisters wounded healers. Let us be those, Lord, who would go and would heal generations, that would heal our neighborhoods, would heal our communities. We pray, Lord, that you would use us as people who, even though we have been broken, we have not been destroyed. Even though we have been crushed, Lord, you have a plan for us. We pray this in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. God bless you. Thanks for listening. Hope you enjoyed the message, and we hope to see you on a Sunday at 9 or 11 a.m. Visit us online at caseyhamford.com, and if you want to support our ministry, click Give. Cornelia Church, passion for God, compassion for people.